Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Mistakes are inevitable when we're gaining new skills. Easy. That's all it is. You're giving yourself grace. You're allowing yourself to step into the power of, hey, I don't suck at this. I just made one mistake and now I'm going to file it away and I'm going to make sure the next time that this same situation presents itself that I'm not going to make that same mistake. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordon Podcast. I'm Rochelle Mahaley, and I am going to give you every tool you need to overcome self-doubt because you are sick of feeling it. And let me tell you, I am too. Let's have a conversation inside. Have your notepads ready. This is going to be good. Like us, share us, love us, subscribe to the YouTube. Get ready. I'll see you inside. Imposter syndrome or in psychological research known as imposter phenomenon. It affects 70% of people. Seven out of 10 of you guys listening to this podcast right now could currently be experiencing imposter syndrome. Why do we have so much self-doubt? Why do we question our skills? Why do we question our accomplishments? Let me tell you about something. I launched the Grow Eye podcast in March of 2020. We all know what else happened in March of 2020. It is a month, a date, a, a lapse in time, a, a period in time that's going to live for, with us forever. It reshapes our world. But the Grow Eye podcast reshapes my world. And let me tell you why. We launched episode one a week before everything went crazy. If you go back in time to episode three or four, I simply discussed what was happening from a standpoint of, in college, we had actually talked about the illness that was transpiring around the world at that time. Had an epidemiology class where the professor discussed with us these novel coronaviruses and how their implications on day-to-day life um, due to their inner workings of um, interleukin proteins and things that you don't really care that much about. So I shared my experience on the podcast. That podcast got sent to Reddit and people went ballistic. You know what you're talking about. You're not a doctor. You're not a medical professor. You're not a... And I never claimed to be any of these things. I was sharing my personal experience with what was happening. But the belittlement, the name-calling, the harsh messages, hundreds, hundreds of them on a podcast that was three or four episodes old, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely insane. But then there was also the other side of the coin of support. Like, hey, no one's educated about this. Like, that's pretty cool. Something I take pride in is trying to break things down, explain like I'm five. I'm not, I'm not some 
crazy smart person by any stretch of imagination. So I've always learned best by things being broken down for me and turned into a practical manner. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I've been doing for um, about three and a half years on this podcast now. I got the worst imposter syndrome ever. Number one, I'm starting a new venture. At that time, I knew that I wasn't good at it because of course you're not good. I mean, my former co-host Scott and I recorded episode one, three or four times before it was finally posted. And well, if you go back and listen to the coronavirus episode, don't go back any further than that because the previous episodes were absolutely terrible. (laughs) Somewhat embarrassing. So I didn't think that this thing was very legit. I didn't think the podcast would ever have the amount of listeners that it does now. I'm not, I wasn't sure if it was ever going to help people, but what I wanted was a longer form of content to be able to communicate directly with you guys. Instagram wasn't quite getting it done and I'm not much of a TikToker. Um, so I had poor planning. I had poor organizing. I didn't really believe the numbers. Scott would tell me like, man, we did 40,000 listens. We did 50,000 listens in a month. We did 60. I'm like, what? You're telling me that 2,000 people every day listen to the Grow podcast. And at this point, it was just a few months old, but well, still getting uh, shit on by people from Reddit and Twitter and wherever else that podcast got posted. I couldn't believe that that was happening. I thought that is an insane number. I, I don't have this insanely big social media following. I'm just kind of a dude with a raspy voice that really enjoys talking to people and hoping to impact somebody. So I didn't give it much effort. I didn't believe the numbers. People shared it and I thought that they felt bad for me. I had continually convinced myself None of it was really real and none of it was earned and it's all going to drop off and you're going to have no listeners in due time. And um, we're here three and a half years later and I still have some listeners, which is awesome. And I appreciate you guys being here (laughs) and you guys have shared it with so many people that still continues to grow. And I find that absolutely amazing. I find it humbling. And I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you. But I also want you guys to know Overcoming self-doubt, it's not necessarily something you just wake up one day and make a choice to be done with. It takes practice and it takes resilience and it takes a lot of consistency. I view it as training a dog. You get a dog and you're not consistent with the behavior enforcement that you want it to abide by. For example, sometimes it pees in the house and you say no. Other times it pees in the house and you just let it happen. Well, it's not really going to learn what you're saying no to or what you're happy with or what it can and can't do, where it should be, where it shouldn't be. You have to be consistent every single time. When something goes wrong, they have to be corrected. When something goes right, they have to be praised. And eventually, because like anything else in this world, praise feels much better than the corrections do. There's a cognitive behavioral therapy technique um, that, well, let's talk about what that is first. 
Cognitive behavioral therapy, it seeks to change negative thought patterns that influence behaviors and emotion. So we have imposter syndrome. We've identified that this CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy, is what we're going to use to dissect and change that. A core part of CBT is recognizing cognitive distortions, so exaggerated or irrational thoughts. This was researched and concluded by a study in 2011 where they came up with common distortions that can lead to self-doubt. Filtering, which is only seeing negatives. Personalizing, which is blaming yourself for external events. Black and white thinking, which is only seeing extremes. And the cat the catastrophizing we'll cut that catastrophizing which is imagining the worst case scenario that's the one i do (laughs) so cbt involves keeping a thought journal to raise awareness of distorted thinking when you notice self-doubting thoughts write them down identify the distortion i just gave you the four distortions those are the four common ones that are used in actual psychological settings that every time you have one of these thoughts, you are able to then label it and give it a topic. For example, black and white thinking. So you get offered a job promotion, but you're going to have to move to another city. The promotion is everything you ever wanted, but you've got to leave all of your friends you're going to be able to be so happy with the income that you make, but you've got to get used to a new city. It's not this pro and con list. It doesn't necessarily work that way. How it works is you're going to step into a new chapter of life and everything that you figured out in your current life, you're going to take those tools and that skill set, and it's going to transfer with you as you have earned this rightful promotion due to your skill set and your talent. So you identify this black and white thinking is happening and now you get to label the distortion. And then when you give it a label, it stops taking power over you. You regain the power over it. You can then consciously reframe the thought to be more rational, to be more helpful because we're getting to the root of the issue. And instead of allowing your mind to wander with, oh my God, I'm never gonna speak to my friends again, you are now able to come to the agreement within yourself that just because I move, those connections still stay here. If our friendship is strong enough, as I believe it is, they'll come see me and I'll come see them. I have a, a, a new job, I have more time flexibility, I'll make more money. So I'll be able to maintain these relationships that I've fostered. And if anything, we'll grow closer together. Another example, I made a mistake at work. You do that one thing wrong and all of a sudden you suck at your job. When we identify this, we write it down, we give it a topic, and now we get to reframe the thought. I made a mistake, but I'm learning and mistakes are inevitable when we're gaining new skills. Easy. That's all it is. You're giving yourself grace. You're allowing yourself to step into the power of, hey, I don't suck at this. I just made one mistake and now I'm going to file it away and I'm going to make sure the next time that this same situation presents itself that I'm not going to make that same mistake. Over time, the mind develops cognitive flexibility. Now you aren't entertaining distorted events in damaging ways. 
at first you're going to have one pop up and you'll be like, no, no, that's not right. We'll reframe. And all of a sudden they essentially just go away and disappear and they're obscure to you anymore. I believe in speaking your goals out loud. We have self-doubt. We feel like we might not be worthy. Say it out loud. We get more social support and accountability, and this is why the environment that you keep, the people around you, your day-to-day influences, they are so important because if you cannot speak your goals to your people, you must find new people. There's a series of studies by Ethan Cross that found that verbally describing your goals activates different parts of your brain rather than just thinking about them internally. Speaking goals out loud sparks more frontal lobe activity in the frontal lobe. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's associated with self-control, with planning, with motivation. Hearing goals spoken makes them feel more tangible. It reinforces them visually, audibly, beyond just silent thoughts internally, because there's no accountability you have other than accountability to your deep conscious that means much at all until you say something out loud. But let's be honest, I mean, how many thoughts come into your head every day that never persist into anything? So if we're just going to rely on our deep conscious or our subconscious to keep us accountable, then unfortunately, it's just probably not enough. Verbalizing goals repeatedly strengthens neural pathways associated with them, making you more likely to take actions aligned with the goals. Neurons that fire together stick together. You have a new thought. You have a new goal. The first time you believe that, the first time you say it, that's the first time those neurons are going to be sticking together and communicating. And we need to continually reinforce that so that the goal actually becomes something tangible. Sharing goals publicly amplifies the effects by generating social accountability. This creates motivation to follow through, to live up to others' expectations. There's a study where people who spoke about their weight loss goals rather than silently recording them lost 15 more pounds over three months. 15 pounds. If you're someone who has 50 pounds to lose, over a three-month time, you can lose 15 more by simply speaking it out loud. I don't believe that people are necessarily humble in terms of the things that they're seeking, I believe they're just insecure, that they're not going to be able to live up to the shoes that they're creating for themselves. Speak it and speak it big and speak it proud because it also is going to elicit social support. Whether you're sharing with a coach, a friend, a support group, this provides encouragement through the obstacles because you are not going to state one time that you want to achieve something and have anything happen from that. It's going to take continual work. It's going to take continual reinforcement. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. It's going to feel like it's a lost cause. It's going to feel like I'm never going to get there. And then guess what? One day you arrive. But we're not going to arrive unless we have a lot of neural reinforcement. We're not going to arrive unless we have a plan of attack. The frontal lobe is activated when we speak these out loud. That's where you plan your attack. Every time we speak it out loud, we're forcing neuron interaction that reinforces the strength of what this means to you. You're also forcing accountability. Speak your goals out loud. I think in all of my years being a, I hate the term, but an entrepreneur, for lack of better terminology, everything that I've spoken out loud boldly and proudly consistently over time has happened in some manner or another. 
For example, I had to be very resourceful. Um, during COVID, I acquired a gym. And this gym was created into Hyperdrive. And Hyperdrive was supposed to be a high-performance training facility. I hired some trainers. I handed it off to um, some coworkers of mine. We ran Facebook ads, and we did the marketing, and we painted the gym, and we did so much work in that thing. Man hours upon man hours, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of work. We had a really cool setup there. I thought we had good people in place. Well, unfortunately, the gym didn't work out. And it's quite sad that it didn't work out. But I was left here with this monthly rent. No income now. Everyone was ceased. And I had to figure out a new route. That's when I created Elite Detail Pros, the mobile car detailing company that I'm, an owner, that I'm the owner of. Now we're in six cities and it's blown up and Prashant's done an amazing job with it. We got all new Mercedes Sprinter vans that we're cleaning cars out of. It's unbelievable what's happened there. It's only been a couple years. I could have just sat there feeling sorry for myself. Why didn't it work? I could have blamed other people. And trust me, there was a lot of blame to go around. But why would I do that? There's no accountability for self. I'm the one who put those people in position and they failed. So I set them up for failure. I take the blame. I can have accountability. I can have the full ownership of the situation and I can find closure because I get to give myself that. When you turn all blame and ownership inward on yourself, even if you feel in your heart of hearts that that is not correct, that someone else failed you, you're still taking on that ownership and that blame. And you don't have to sit there and wallow in whatever it was that happened because now you get to plan an attack to move forward. There's always a way, there's always something that can be done. But the biggest item that we must master is letting go of self-doubt, letting go of fear of the unknown so that we can actually find the light that's on the other side. As always, I hope this helps. Share this with someone who needs it. And I'll see you next time. 